and welcome to Belonging Before Believing, where it's out with the old friends and in with the new. I'm Patrick Mathers, and today I'm joined by Brian Gumpy, Chumpy McGee, I like to call him. Or Jennifer. Or Jennifer, or lots of other superlatives. <laughs> and, and for the first time, we have an in-room guest, and I'm calling him Deacon in Training. <laughs> Deacon candidate, Joe Biddle. Hey, Joe, how come you're not a deacon yet? The microphone's literally pointed at Joe, and he's saying nothing. Hey, Joe, how come you're not a deacon yet? <laughs> All right, this is childish. All right. Mission accomplished. He told me before the episode that I would not be able to, that it would be easier to make him laugh than to make him feel uncomfortable. And I think I just accomplished my task. So also, didn't I? Also, before we yes, hit I record, did. <laughs> I did laugh first. I explained, <laughs> I explained to Pat that I'm the one who sits behind the computer. I'm the one who has to sit record, and knowing that it's his turn to do the intro is like knowing that you're going to get pantsed in ten <laughs> seconds, and you have to be the one to start the timer. It's so uncomfortable, and and you're kind of laughing like, oh. I don't want to. Uh, but we well, do I don't anyway. always have a super good one chambered. But okay, out with the old friends and in with the new. So this week I went to one of those like community like things, you know, like they uh, do park. an organization. Well, they put parks together, an organization that Habitat does for humanity. community stuff. And one of the guys there told me that I'm going to have the best friends I've ever had in my life come from this organization. And so I immediately, as soon as I was done with that meeting, texted Brian and Joel, because Joel's one of these guys, and said, sorry, you guys are being replaced. So out with the old, in with the new. How do you guys feel about that, being replaced? I want to know what your typical new best friend looks like. Based on who was at this community event. Um, Wait, hold on. Uh, above or under forty? Oh, dude, come on. Do you, do you <laughs> just answer the question. No, it was an either or. No, it was not a yes or no. It was an either or. Above or under forty? More the above. Okay, great. Um, are these dudes who are going to be able? to sit down and watch Monty Python with you? Uh, for sure, a few of them, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. There was some tie-dye in the audience. I don't know why that's where my mind went, but... Yeah, who do you... Yeah. I don't no. know. Who don't doesn't love Monty Python? Plenty of people. The super stupid people? Oh, so, dude, I remember seeing a video of some people who were protesting when The Life of Brian came out, and I get it. That one's, you know, we're... Protestant Christians loving Jesus, and that one's pretty blasphemous in lots of areas. But there's some funny bits not, too. Not like all the other Monty Python stuff. This one more so. Yeah. Right? Have you seen Life of Brian? Uh, Brian? I've seen parts of it. I don't think I've ever seen it in its entirety. Okay. Okay. Well, it, always look on the sunny side of life. That song when they're all crucified at the end singing is just gold. It is so good. That makes me laugh every time. So anyways, my point is, is I remember seeing these people protesting and they look just so sour and bitter and dour. And it made me think of, have you ever seen the, 
the women who have that prohibition sign that says, if your lips touch alcohol, they'll never touch our lips. And they look like they all just ate lemons. Oh my gosh, I think I'm so glad there's nothing on this earth that could make my lips touch those lips. <laughs> it's like they told you what their repellent is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the perfect, the perfect mission accomplished again. I don't have any idea how we got there I to was where say, that didn't take long. My mind was just r- racing. Those hop, skip, and jumps were. I have abrupt. had hops. Yeah. And I'm about to skip and jump myself into another beer. I could hear you swallow. That means everyone else at home can too. That's going to make say them anything thirsty. So that they could. Uh, but nobody's going to actually hear it because they're going to be in their car driving around. So. Hopefully they'll have something in their cup holder that they can drink. I'm excited because today we are going to tackle your most uncomfortable topic. Yeah, and so I'm super tickled. I got to make Joel uncomfortable in the beginning of this. Because misery loves company. Misery lo- well, yeah, but you know, I, I know that this is my most uncomfortable thing. And I think there's part of the reason why Joel picked this question <laughs> is to make me uncomfortable. Am I wrong? <laughs> there you go. There you go. You reap what you sow, homie. Nice. <laughs> nice. Okay, so Patrick, tithing. Can you explain tithing? No. It seems weird. It is weird. That the church asks for Why money. Why do we ask for money? I won't ask this question. Oh, I know I can't. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not letting you off the hook. Okay. So the first of all. On a personal note, the reason this is so uncomfortable for me is that I have seen financial abuse in the church. I have seen with my own eyes when I first, when I went to Bible college, there was a dude and he was in a lot of people's minds, a prophet. Like he was going around and saying some weirdo stuff, but man, there was some like people I looked at as pretty spiritual who were following him around And he would like tell people, hey, God told you to give me, you know, well, one of the most outlandish one was your car. And that's what eventually got him kicked out of the Bible colleges when he did that. And it got back to the administration. But he would do that kind of stuff a lot. And he was, he was an odd looking dude and he was super fat and a little greasy. But at the, but man, there's just something. Is he odd looking for reasons other than his? (laughs) Yes. Yes, he had, this, he had this, this head that was shaped like a little taller than it ought to be and a little He had elongated. a five head? Okay, that's a word. So, he, he, but, but he had this charisma and this charm that like I can only describe as like people who follow Charles Manson and these kind of, you know, charismatic cult leaders say there's just something about him that made you want to listen. And he had that, no doubt even though he was weird looking and all that. So anyways, when, um, (laughs) I so hope he listens to this. That'd be great. I want to reconnect with you, dude. All right. Hit me up. (laughs) I can explain. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So uh, seeing things like that and then, okay, that's the worst case scenario. But then I have seen other pastors do things that are just like shady and, make me uncomfortable. And uh, the, you know, even in the big church I was in, there was just like something just never felt right. The way money was bantered around and expressed. And 
the way we should be using money. And it's just put me off. And then when we first started Sovereign Joy, I was down at your old church in Woodland and there was a guest speaker there that day and I would talk to him at the end of the the service and he told me when I mentioned that we were planting this church, the two things that were super important, one, always preach the gospel. The gospel has to be the center of everything you do. But the second thing was a little surprising and he said, have nothing to do with the money completely just keep your hands out of the money, have nothing to do with it. Even if it's only three people, have the other two people deal with the money. Don't have anything to do with it. And I've taken that to heart. And because of that, I've had a hard time talking about it. So when we, we preach like verse by verse through whole books of the Bible. And so the reason we do that is because we believe all of God's word is valid and important and vital for life and godliness but doing that also keeps me from just sticking to my hobby horses, right? So even though I love Romans, we're going to get to taxation, right, in chapter 13. You know, we're going to get to issues that I kind of don't want to talk about. And so sooner or later, you have to deal with money stuff. So that's why I have a problem with tithing is the abuses that I've seen and the instruction that I've been given about just avoiding the money stuff. So... so, so this oh, podcast ahead. is for people who don't go to church, right? Right, right. So, That's why I gave so much background. Right. So maybe we should define tithing. Right. The word literally means a tenth, a 10%. And even under the old covenant, if you add up all of the, I guess required is the right word, required contributions that you were to give, which would not just include money, but include animals and um, the the Levites, the, the priestly class. So I guess that's comparable to pastors or churches of today. They didn't they didn't own property, and so they were kind of put up a lot of times in places. So these contributions, you were to give um, a portion, and uh, the the basic portion was a tenth, a tithe. And there was. Oftentimes more that was given though. Sometimes so much where they had to tell people to stop giving. And the example would be when they built the tabernacle in the Old Testament, God said for everyone to give of certain kinds of materials, cloths, um, precious metals, wood, and this kind of stuff. And so much was given that God said, okay, tell everybody to stop giving because they were going to keep giving. There was enough to build like a tabernacle and a half or two or something. So that's a tithe just means a tenth. And nowhere in the New Testament are we told to give a tithe, meaning literally 10% of what you bring in in your paycheck. Right. You look like you have a question. Nope. Okay. Nope. So with that, we, we in the New Testament, we That do, was very considerate of you, though. What? You look like it. You, you looking at me like I, I got a question. Well, I'd much rather you talk about this than me. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Normally, I'm like fighting. Normally, I'm like fighting to get a word in yeah, here, and no. all of a sudden, do you have a question? It's is there purely self preservation, dude. Is I don't want to talk about this. Well, here I'm thinking the best of you, and yeah, you're right. Thank you. Yeah, well. More of that, please. Yeah, okay, I'll try. <laughs> I'll try to reciprocate. So we're, we're we're Christians. The church began and is established in the New Testament. So we look to the New Testament for our principles of, of giving. Um, the Bible does teach that uh, a pastor is 
to be um, honored and to be provided for. Um, basically, in Timothy, I can't remember if it's first or second. I think it's first Timothy. It says if a man lives by the gospel, then he or preaches the gospel, he should get paid for the preaching of the gospel. And in Corinthians, there's that lovely passage that Paul quotes from the Old Testament that an ox that's treading grain shouldn't be muzzled. And the implication is, is that, you know, pastors are oxes and they're doing the work of the ministry and they should be paid for doing what they're doing. Um, so in order to do that, in order to pay for um, the infrastructure of the church, to pay for the people on staff who are ministering to people, what's been established in the New Testament is that people would give tithes and would give offerings. And there's no set requirement. The requirement is basically found in 2 Corinthians 9 and 10, and it's give freely. Just, just give freely. Whatever you feel compelled to give, give and give freely. So some people might feel compelled and only be able to give a tiny little bit, right? Like that widow in Luke chapter, what is it, 20? Do you know? 20? Something like that where she just gives the last little couple pennies that she had. And Jesus says that she's given more of everybody than everybody else because she gave out of her poverty rather than out of her wealth. And so some people can only give a little tiny bit. Some people can give a lot. But what you want to do is you want to give cheerfully with a heart that you're worshiping the Lord as you do this. You're basically acknowledging that you're grateful that God has provided you with everything you have and that out of that gratitude, you're giving back to the church. Now, what you want to do is as a church, you ought to have people and uh, checks and balances in place to keep abuses from happening with that money that comes into the church. It should be used for providing for the people who are serving in the church. It should be used for whatever kinds of things the church needs in order to continue to function. And then it should be used for the ministry of helping and supporting missionaries. And then really lastly, although this is maybe isn't an importance thing, but finally, and just my thoughts, we should be helping people within the church. Um, when we're told to help like the poor, the widows, with, you know, the context of that is within the church. We're supposed to take care of our own. And while we certainly do have compassion and concern for lots of other things that go on out there, that our money should be really first and foremost taking care of the church that people should look at us and see that we love each other this much. And that should be an attractive thing. There are certainly churches out there that take care of others outside of the church rather than taking care of their own first and foremost. I think that's troubling at best and tragic at worst when people are being neglected. So we see the widows in Acts chapter 6, and they weren't being provided for in terms of meals being given. And the money was coming in from tithes, from people giving to contribute to support the church, and certain widows weren't getting their fair share, and so it was brought up, and the apostles chose and ordained deacons, which I'm glad Joel's here, 
um, being deacon candidate, that he, you know, one of the th- things that he's going to do is it will be one of his responsibilities that when people come in and need help within the church financially to determine if that's a legitimate need or not, and then we'll we'll help them out if it is, and if it isn't, then you know we'll we'll have to explain why it isn't. But um, anyway, so th- that's really where tithes go. They go to support the ministers within the church. They go to support the church itself. They go to support the people within the church. And then lastly, uh, or pardon me, missionaries um, who we're we're helping to support. And then lastly, if there is leftover, then we would support people outside the church. Yeah. And I think the second part of this question, it seems weird that the church asks for money. We we don't really ask for it. Well, what I was going to say is you think it's weird when anyone asks for money. So, yeah, no, really, I do. Well, yeah, but I mean, when the homeless shelter asks for money, you're like, "Eh, okay. And some people think I'm a terrible person now for having said that. But when the Humane Society, um, when we're talking about like how they need money all the time and they're always doing fundraisers or, you know, gosh, everything down to some people. If you ask them to help fundraise so that your kid can go on a school trip to Washington, D.C., for some people, it's weird to them when you ask for money. Um, not when it's your kid or when you actually like the kid, but if you don't have a kid and you don't know that kid, you're going to be weirded out. Why and you, you don't like me? the you kid. You don't like it when people ask you for money. Well, you just don't like kids. Well, you like so, your money. Or, and I don't like that particular kid. Well, that's probably true yeah. some of the time. Anyway... But my point I is... I very rarely met a kid that I don't like. It's true. I'm, I'm a kid kind of guy. You really are. <laughs> you really are. No, uh, so I think it has less to do with who's asking and what they're asking for. I think that's one thing that jumps out to me. Why is, or it seems weird that the church asks for money. Well, yeah, they're asking for money. Um, but yeah, I was also going to say what you said. It's been very, very rare that we have had to ask for money. And... Uh, I'm glad that Joel's in the room for this one, too, because you don't want to talk about money ever. And me being the one who signs the checks and has to you know, be in charge of the money for our church, which, dude, I'll tell you, that is no small thing. Like it is. It's not a burden, but you definitely feel the weight of it. Like the other people are trusting me with their money and money that is, you know, for Christ's church, I like I'm a steward of that. Like that's not lost on me at all. And I think a lot of people don't think of it that way. And I think that's when you run into the type of weird nonsense that you've talked about already. And that's why you see so many of these churches that um, end up getting into financial trouble when there's scandal and it ends up being tied up with the money. Like you, I, these people lose sight of the fact that this is Christ's church and his money. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, Joel and I have had to have those, have those conversations where, okay, we need a website or we're never going to like grow. If we have any hope of staying afloat, what are the things that we have to keep here? And then, you know, we've had to dial things back in the past. And it's not that we even ever ask for money. It's what have we done? We have talked about that passage that you talked about earlier where it says that uh, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. 
to give freely. Now, it's not that I've ever said like, hey, I haven't gotten a check from you in a month. That's coming, right? It's never happened. I've never talked to anybody about their giving individually unless it was like, hey, the bank didn't like, I don't have a receipt for this month. Do you remember giving that? I just want to make sure year end statements, all this other nonsense. Like that's the most I've talked to people about their individual giving before. Cause like you said, um, we don't see requirement in regards to amount, frequency, anything like that in scripture. Um, yeah. So I don't remember where I was going. Well, with one thing, full disclosure is that's, probably going to be in people's minds is, well, do I get paid? And yes, I do, but I still do have a full-time job outside of the church um, that, that supports me. That's, I, I pay the bills to do what I love to do. And for, what, maybe six years of the church, maybe? Is that, I don't want to... That's probably right. That's probably right. Yeah. Six years, I didn't get paid anything. Yeah. And, and it had gone from you being paid some... Just, and it was like, just like a Right when we first started, it was like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was. It was not even a part-time job worth right, of money. Right. Uh, yeah, and you were being that paid a little real, bit. That ended right away. Exactly, and yeah. it ended real quickly because we just couldn't afford it. And and again, did we go and we ask for money? No, I just said, no. all right, I shouldn't get paid. Yeah, and so and I was fine with it. And every time this issue comes up, that's the first thing I say, is, well, let's cut my. Let's cut me, <laughs> cut me out, and you know we'll keep doing what we're doing, and we'll just tighten the belt and keep on trucking. Um, but I do have a full time job, and I, of course, I would love to be doing this full time, and you know someday, Lord willing, that might happen, and maybe it won't. I don't know. I love my job that I'm doing right now, so it isn't a question of that. Um, and I. I, I don't think I've ever really begrudged guys who get paid full-time unless they're really bad at what they're doing. And then I wonder, what justifies them to continue to do that? And um, Why do the wicked prosper? Yeah, no, no. That, that's, well, although I'm not necessarily going to say they're wicked. Well, maybe, maybe some of them are, <laughs> honestly. I, and I don't know. I don't know. But... but Whatever, those who compare themselves by themselves and amongst themselves aren't wise. So I don't want to be found being unwise. But what I do know is that this is where the Lord has us. And I can't speak for every church. I've been in churches where they do two or three offerings for different things. That always strikes me as a little uncomfortable. Maybe it's just my proclivity to not talk about money at all. Or maybe I'm really seeing something that is kind of shady going on, or maybe it's not. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with, um, having ties, having, that's how we're supported. There, there's so many ways that, that so many other things that are supported the exact same way. And so for us to do it, I don't think is wrong. And we really believe where God guides, God provides. It's not a Bible verse, just rhymes. Such a great Baptist. What a great rhyme. Yeah, yeah. So we, we do believe that. And so we plan things. And if the money isn't there, we don't do them. And we just trust, okay, well, this isn't what the Lord had. And um, that's the same way it is with me and the support of the church, right? Yeah. So there is one thing I remember where I was going. Now, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I do want to bring it up before we close. So we talked about how, uh, you know, a tithe is a tenth 
But, you know, and we don't see any of that in the New Testament and give freely. And I mean, frankly, the, the tone that we set is, oh, you don't have to give up to a tenth. That That's how I hear it, what, the yeah. way that we talked about it before. Now, I, I think I'm remembering this correctly. I believe it was John Piper. And I believe what he said is the tithe is a middle class way of robbing God. What do you think about that? What was what is he getting at, and do you agree? Well, I I think that he that I, I do have a similar kind of attitude to John Piper in a lot of ways, where I love to be deliberately provocative, and I think he does too. He's more of a wordsmith than I am, and people listening to this might not know who John Piper is. He's a, was a pastor for many years at a very large church in um, Minneapolis, Minnesota was very influential in all three of our lives that are here in the room and a lot of people who would believe the same kinds of things we do. But um, as far as that statement goes, I, I do think it, it's it's overly provocative. Um, I'm not sure if he were in the room here and we were really trying to, you know, get to the nitty and the gritty if he would use that same kind of very harsh language. Um, I I think that... We don't all buy our clothes from savers. No, we don't. But at the same time, I I think I I would want to say, well, I trust the Lord that he's going to lay it on people's hearts to give and give more than 10%. If that's what the Lord, you know, if that's what he wants for them. I trust the spirit enough to do that. Um, I I don't, you've heard me teach on this a handful of times, and I've never said give 10%. Never. No, never. Never. And I never will. Well, why because, should you? Right, because it's just not there in the New Testament. So I, I get he's getting at the same point that I just made in stronger language. But at the same time, I I would rather put a person at ease than to put the screws to them. So I would rather soft sell it and tell a person a 10% is not what God requires. It's you can give freely and then feel comfortable to give whatever they can, even if it's like one, two, three, four percent of what comes in, trusting the Lord that he's going to lead other people to give more in areas where they can and thus fill in the gaps that are there rather than telling, you know, somebody, you know, something like that. Oh, that's just the middle class way say, you know, robbing God. Anything that we don't give back to God, we could say and force the issue is in a sense robbing God. So if you don't give everything back, God has given you everything. So what are you doing withholding anything? That's when we see Ananias and Sapphira being punished for um, their sin of lying to the Holy Spirit, it's because they said they were going to give something. They made a promise, they made a covenant and they didn't follow through with it. So if it's in your heart to only give, you know, 3% of what comes in, and that's what you can do based on your budget that month, then don't say I'm going to give 8% and then only give three, you know, just don't do, don't, don't lie. Just give what's in your heart and do it cheerfully and don't feel guilt about it. And if you, you know, are convicted because you're only giving 10% of your gross or your net or whatever, and then give more. It's, you know, you're not accountable to me. You're accountable to God. I, that, 
I hope that's not tap dancing around it. I don't feel like it is. No, I don't think it is. Um, and I was going to say the the nice thing, talk about asking for money, uh, but I've been looking at our bank account before and I've seen where we have, you know, a year's worth of expenses in the bank. And I've seen it where we have barely two and a half months in the bank. And, you know, we go through seasons, we go through ups, we go through downs, but we have always had more than we needed. Always. Yeah, always. And for a church of our size, that's not something that I take for granted. But at the same time, I have no reason to doubt. And by a church of our size, we're super tiny. No, I don't know. I don't want people to think who don't know us and aren't here in Chico, because there's some people listening who aren't here, that we're some big, huge church. How tiny is it? If it was an iPod, it would be a (laughs) shuffle. (laughs) That's an old joke. That's a, yeah, that's... That's Old joke. That's a deep cut. (laughs) Yeah, what? I mean, if everybody, like tonight, a church felt full. And maybe we had 30, did we? That's including the kids, even I'm thinking. Oh, you'd have to include the kids if you hope to get to thirty, yeah. Yeah, but it's we're a small church, yeah. you know. But we truck along and we love Jesus, and we're not weirded out by that kind of stuff. And if you come, you're never gonna, well, you're very rarely gonna hear about money. You might not even know that we actually have giving kind of thing until you ask. I guess it's in the bulletin now to use tithely, but so that you don't have to talk about it. Well, you would never would have anyway. So. I never had before. Why would I have started? All right, dude. Question of the day. It's you this week. Is it? Yeah. Does it have to be a serious one or can it be fun? You have not asked a serious one yet. So just keep going? Do what you want. What do you want to know? What do you want to see some comments about? All right. Here's what I want. If there was only two Disney movies, (laughs) would it be Aladdin or Lion King? If there were only two... Would it be one or the other? Yeah. I don't understand your question. If it were two, yeah, you had to pick between it would be one. two. No, if there were two and you had to pick... Yeah, you're right. That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was distracted. I can't count. See, this is why I never talk about money. Because sure. I'm going to be like, hey, you need to give 12 and then 13. And then people are going to, what? And that's me talking. Would you just I word just your words. question already? I just say words. <laughs> if there were only two Disney movies... And there was Aladdin, Lion King. Which one are you going to pick? <laughs> you said the exact same thing again. Are you saying if you, you had to pick, pick between those two movies, yes. which one would you pick? Yeah. I can't wait to type out this question of the day. It's going to be fantastic. Type it out exactly how I said it, okay? I'll do my best. We have a character limit, okay? <laughs> Jeez. You know the drill. Hit us up. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, email, belonging before believing at sovereignjoycf.org. We believe that you belong.